to Black Lives Matter, um, there's also a movement for Black Trans Lives Matter. Yes. Could you talk a little about that? Yeah, you know, I got a lot of heat. I did a, a message to America on my Instagram, and I got a, a lot of heat for calling Black people out. The relationship that the African American community has with the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. is not good. Trans women, specifically black trans women, trans women of color, are dying at the hands of cis black men at alarming rates. And what I'm saying is, it's a simple do unto others metaphor, right? We want somebody to stop killing us. We have to make sure that we have our house in order. Mm -hmm. Period. And it's a conversation that Pose presents, it's an uncomfortable conversation, you know, because trans lives are the next on the list of dismissible humans. Trans people are human beings. I'm a gay man, but I'm a black man first. And until black people understand that, we're going to be in the quagmire going round and round. You can't expect somebody else to change until we can look at ourselves and make that transformation within ourselves. I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's uh, applicable to all of us. Yes. You know, know, even in whatever your situation is in life and whatever you're going through in your personal hurdles and challenges, like I think, you know, you can't expect others to do that unless you're willing to do it yourself and and really take a look in that mirror. Everything's running smoothly. Yo, yo, yo! Yow! What is going on? My name's Hartzell. And this right here, it's your KC Mo. Happy Tuesday to the KC Morning Hoes on the show today, on the shows today. That's right, we drop in multiple episodes today. The first one, a KCMS special. On this show, we believe that trans lives matter. They are currently under assault. And on the show today, Stacey K, comedian, actress, model, and a trans woman who has been doing her damnedest to raise advocacy and awareness, giving us a rundown on how we got here, what's currently happening in Jeff City, and ways that we can help. Rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do, Kansas City, back in your feeds later today. Myself and Professor Harvey K, we take back America. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. That's because of you, KC. That's what you do. We'll see you in the morning. Bye. Greetings, Hartzell. Search the force, and a tremor I have felt. It was you. Your ego just busted a planet. The Casey Morning Show. Back on your KC Morning Show. I wish it was under better circumstances, because Stacey K is one of the funniest... 
people in Kansas City, one of my favorite people in Kansas City. You've been all across the country just being funny, and you don't have a chance to do that when you are literally under assault. That is what's happening in Jeff City as we speak. Hell, it's the assault on just the dignity of being a person. A well-funded, not a new concept. I mean, this is theocracy. It's fundamentalism. I know you've been to Jeff City. You've talked to folks who've been on this show like State Senator Greg Razor, who has done so much advocacy including the filibuster that he did in hoping to slow some of this nonsense down. Stacey, welcome to the show. Thank you for everything. Thanks for having me. Can you just fill us in on what the fuck is happening? Even just as we woke up today on Tuesday in the house. In fact, you may not have even heard this yet, Stacey, because this happened in the wee hours last night. Of course, under the cloud of night, the Missouri House passed its version of its anti-trans sports Bill nonsense. The House Fiscal Review Committee passed legislation that would restrict biological men and women from playing sports with the opposite sex. Students in private and public schools, grade six through college, could not compete together. The only exception to the rule is when a female sport is not offered at a school. One lawmaker told me that athletes should be separated by their sex after certain ages, as stated in the bill. If they want to have a separate division for for transgender, that's great. But to have them compete on an equal footing with girls uh, after they reach puberty, just, it's just not there, it's just not correct. Another legislator told me that there is simply no need to have this kind of legislation. Most of these bills are continuing to stigmatize our LGBTQ community and the effects of that, and, and just the idea that it's, a, it's going after transgender youth, almost as though we're trying to erase their identities, which is so harmful. That's crazy. They, they can't, they're, they're not happy to just have one version of the bill. Both houses have to produce their own because they're so eager to slap their names on this stuff. It's crazy. This process for you, I mean, just having to take this in and process it, but then also, you know, fighting for your community. Can you walk us through some of that? None of this stuff is a surprise for me. I've known it was coming for a long time. It was 2018 for me. I mean, Trump getting elected was bad, but I didn't know that they were going to go this crazy on it. 2018 is whenever Trump banned us from the military. And administratively, like some of the military people like undid that and like let trans people in anyway, because you, you can't just be crazy like that as a president and get away with it. That was kind of like the warning shot for me of everything going down. I was raised in this conservative evangelical environment. I know what they talk about in the churches. They're kind of preparing for war, and there's abortion that they care a lot about. And then there's trans and gay people. And the trans people to them are scarier than the gay people because they're worried that their son's going to turn into a daughter, right? Is it just because maybe some of these folks, these GOP fucking weirdos, is it maybe that, I don't know, some of their family members are gay? Maybe they themselves are gay, closeted or otherwise? And so now maybe they feel like the, in quotes, gay issue is past them? I mean, these are the same regurgitated talking points that we heard back in the 90s and 2000s when it came to same-sex marriage. I mean, this this isn't a new concept, but why do you think that they are hyper-targeted on this group? I mean, one, they kind of lost on gay marriage pretty bad in the courts. And two, trans people are um, more visible than they used to be, and they have more rights than they used to. After the ACA was passed under Obama, 
trans people started getting covered by their insurance. Previously, it was a um, pre-existing condition. Being trans is a pre-existing condition, so insurance wouldn't cover any of our stuff. Under the ACA, they forced a lot of insurers to cover us. And then in 2019, we had the ruling of Bostock v. Clayton County, which was that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 applies to trans people, which gives us discrimination protection federally, which we hadn't had up until then. Conservatives are really mad about that. You know, they can't handle losing. And a lot of it, what it is, is fundraising. It's been a long time of suppression nationally about trans people, like about coming out, about getting hormones, all that kind of stuff, about any sort of information about us has been suppressed. And it hasn't been since social media, really, to where trans people were able to build their own spaces and communicate with each other that we kind of got like a, a large network to do this kind of stuff. And it's not like trans people are transing other people. It's just like the trans people that have been closeted have found that there is hope for them. So we've gotten bigger, we've gotten more visible, and all these uh, old people, the people who make up the conservative party, at least the primary voters, the people who donate, people who show up at the highest rates to vote, they don't know any trans people because since America's existed, being trans has been very looked down upon, so bad that most trans people just stay closeted. So it's a perfect group to run stories against because one old people will watch it as a group of people that they're allowed to hate and they have no idea what we really even are. So they're passing all these laws mostly to fundraise because it works well with those people I described. And it doesn't matter how many times this stuff gets struck down, they're just going to keep passing these bills with slightly different wording until something sticks. And, and even if nothing sticks, they're going to keep doing it until the party realigns or something. Eventually enough old people die off that it's not as big of an issue. But I don't really see that happening for at least like 10, 20 years because they are really pushing this anti-trans stuff on Fox News, conservative media. I don't know how much you watch, but I keep my ear to the ground with conservative media, and they have been going crazy on us for years now. Finally translated into large-scale legislative action against us. It's maddening how much this this alternate reality that is just fed and pushed every single day. And like I said earlier, it's intentional. If we look back in history, all of the progressive, positive change that's happened in this country has then been met with that rightist reactionary response. Post-Reconstruction, we had the KKK, which then led to Jim Crow. You know, after the New Deal consensus with FDR, we had the Reagan Revolution and this tilt towards fundamentalism and honestly, Christian theocracy. Post-Obama, then we had the Tea Party, which was framed as economics, was really just a racist thing. And now we're seeing another way that like these folks in power, these white dudes in power are now clinging on to ways that they can erase you. 2014, Stacey, when Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time and it felt like a major moment. We have a trans woman on the cover of a major magazine damn near nine years ago. It feels like we were at a better point then than we are now. Well, I think conservatives got more educated on us. I think a lot of them had no idea that someone like Laverne Cox could exist. And now they have an idea and they have something to attack. But I'll tell you, it's about more than just trans people. Yep. In 2019, they ruled that trans people fall explicitly under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. I think that what they're trying to do 
if they're trying to get the whole civil rights acts overturned mm -hmm. on the grounds of religious liberty related to trans people that would end desegregation yeah. you see their political goals all the time on trying to make their own schools that's one of the major goals of the republican party i think they, they want to get rid of the entire acts and they're hoping that with their 6-3 conservative Supreme Court, ever since Ginsburg died, that they can do the same thing that they did with abortion. And I do think that there's some really awful decisions coming down the line, more than just Dobbs, last year. It's not popular. What the Supreme Court did with Dobbs was super unpopular. Republicans are going to lose elections for a long time because of it. But the Supreme Court, I don't know how much they care about winning elections can just kind of do what they want until a few of them die and then Biden can replace them. Well, I mean, Stacey, it's it's minority rule. It's the definition of anti-democratic. Yeah, we got to do some Supreme Court reform. You know, Biden was afraid to run on it in 2020. He was saying that, no, we won't do Supreme Court reform. But I think that after Dobbs and seeing all this stuff about Clarence Thomas being just openly corrupt, I think there's a decent chance that in 24, Biden openly runs on Supreme Court reform because they're so unpopular. This is not how the country wants to be. Let me ask you about the Biden administration. Do you feel like you have an ally in the Biden administration? You know, just last week, he kind of both sides the, the trans athlete issue that's happening right now, trying to say that the administration won't allow for blanket bans in states, but maybe on a sport by sport, school district by school district level. I don't think that that's the right move. You can't add legitimacy to erasure, in my opinion. You just can't do that, especially when we got states like where we are now, Stacey, in Missouri, where the attorney general can basically carte blanche outlaw gender affirming care, not just for kids, but now for adults. Again, it's not just the kids. This is a part of their greater project. Circling back, though, do you feel like you have an ally in the administration? Oh, yeah. I, I think that Biden has been, ironically, our best friend. Just because of the position of power he holds and how long he's been in support of trans rights back before it was popular with Democrats at all. And I'm worried about what happens when he leaves because his vice president has a history of making it a point to put trans women in men's prisons. I don't really like her messaging on LGBT issues. The role they put out about trans sports, right? Their guidelines. I'm not a lawyer, but I have talked to some lawyers about this, people who know how litigation and things like that works. I think what Biden is doing, I mean, they're, they're putting the onus um, on the states and the schools to prove that trans people in sports are causing harm and disallowing a blanket ban, which is pretty cool. But the phrasing of the rule makes it to where they have to prove it is harming other people to let trans people play sports. I don't think that's something they can prove. I don't like some of the language in that bill, but uh, a lot of it is like what we've used so far, apparently, so they have to use it. I don't know. It's complicated. Biden has a long history of doing stuff in our favor. So either he suddenly turned into a radicalized turf or this is a little bit more of a complicated situation than you think. And a lot of what Democrats are doing in fighting these anti-trans laws, they're not trying to win the votes because they don't have them. Democrats can't beat Republicans in Missouri on this at all. They're not trying to win the votes. They're trying to win the court cases that come after the legislation is passed. They have goals in the hearings. And on the floor debate, 
on what they need Republicans to say so that they can basically admit that the laws are unconstitutional. They'll argue until they get Republicans to admit that it has something to do with their religion, that it only applies, like whenever they're banning health care, that it only applies to trans people getting these procedures because some of these procedures that they're listing are stuff that cis teenagers get too. Mm-hmm. Stuff like breast augmentation or reduction or rhinoplasties, any of that stuff is stuff that it's not common for teenagers to get these kind of things, but they do get these kind of things. There's sometimes when someone's nose is really broken and they need a rhinoplasty. It happens, right? And in these laws, they're not putting it to where they're banning all of these procedures for everyone. They're only banning them for trans people. And some of the Democrats' strategy is to get them to admit that on the floor and then, you know, the bill's going to pass and then get it struck down in the courts. And we haven't seen how all of this is going to play out because they haven't been trying to do this on such a broad scale. But legally, like, you're going to have to have a crazy judge to rule in the Republicans' favor on this. By the book, Democrats win. But you never know because Trump appointed a lot of judges in those four years that he was there. Some of them are crazy and don't care. Like the judge in Texas who shut down the abortion drug. Uh, what's it called? Well, Mithoprestone. There's a temporary stay for now, but it is still absolutely under assault. And that's not just a Texas thing. That That's a national yeah, thing. Yeah, he did it. He did it nationally. A Texas judge banned healthcare nationally, which is crazy. Well, and, and Stacey, that's a drug that's also used in cancer treatments as well. I mean, this is just insane what they're doing. It's mind boggling that they're actually trying this. And I really think that the judicial branch is kind of trying to start a civil war. I mean, just like every other branch of our government, it is absolutely politicized. And when you've got this reactionary court, this detrimental reactionary court, you have to put a check on that. They always say this, right? The founders never envisioned a hyper-partisan environment. Well, that's where we are. I think one of the worst things about the judicial system is just lifetime appointments, Mm -hmm. things like that. It should be shorter terms. Undemocratic. Yeah, it's crazy, especially whenever the things they're saying are super unpopular nationwide. And I just wish that we had more of an input. It doesn't have to be a, a SCOTUS election every year. That's not what I'm saying. But like maybe eight years, something like that. ACB, I think she's like 45. She's going to be a problem for 40 years now. Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, these are judges that were hand-selected by the Federalist Society. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up the Federalist Society. These are folks who, again, we talk about this long conservative project to hijack the courts and establish essentially fundamentalism, theocracy, and minority rule. This is happening in real time, and it is having the desired effect. From the state houses to your local races, we have to fight this back on every front that we have. You made such a great point, Stacey. You know, when it comes to these um, body augmenting, what are, the, what are they saying? Mutilation? Is that the big code word they're using? Well, you know what? Yeah. Rhinoplasties, boob jobs. You know, I would love to see some of these old white dudes in Jeff City try to put a blanket band on a boob job. Guess what? They ain't going to do it. Yeah. I mean, they don't actually care about these procedures. They barely even read these bills. They just know that they're going to pass them, you know, without anything. They don't listen to any testimony. And they don't care if it gets struck down, really. They're just passing this stuff to look better. 
while I say that it's going to get struck down, you keep trying something and eventually some judge is going to do something dumb and then it's going to be difficult to overrule that decision. We'll have to take it to higher courts. I don't want this stuff to end up at the Supreme Court. I don't like the makeup there. The last time we had a 6-3 conservative court, we got the Dred Scott case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Dred Scott case ruled that, that northern free states had to comply and extradite slaves to slave states. On the basis when, that slaves were inherently subhuman. Right. When people say that the war was really fought over states' rights, it was fought over northern states fighting for their right to not have slavery. And on the back end of that, it's the southern states fighting for the right to own slaves. That's the back end of that, the important back end of that. Right. They, they had the courts at the time. They had the 6-3 majority, and they made the Dred, Dred Scott ruling, which was not popular with most of the country. And eventually, we had a war over it. Anti-democratic government doesn't work. It's unstable, and eventually it leads to conflict. And I'm hoping that uh, we can get some judicial reform without an actual war. And obviously, that would be awful. That's what we're trying to avoid. But these rulings are not rulings from a court that wants a stable country. They're crazy. And I think that destroying the government is their goal. Before I let you go, resources. We got folks maybe listening right now who are terrified. They're fired up. They need to know where to go. What would you tell them to do? Are we in Missouri here? We're in Missouri, but if you got any other resources, whatever you got, let us know. The floor is yours. The stage is yours, my friend. Well, um, for trans advocacy in the state, there's an organization called PROMO, which is uh, Missouri trans advocacy mostly. I mean, they do LGBT in general, but the trans stuff has been the most important in the last year or two based on the legislation and stuff. And they've been great in handling testimony and all this stuff. Excellent, excellent organization. And then Lambda Legal is great. And uh, the ACLU, they're all really important. They're going to be suing, as is promo, to stop all of these laws soon. You know, I've talked to them about lawsuits up and coming. If you're a trans person in the state and you're in Missouri, the best thing to do is go over state lines. If you're in Kansas City, it's a little harder to find doctors in Kansas. And if you're in St. Louis, there's doctors on the Illinois side. They can't stop you from going over state lines to get your medicine. And in light of the ruling, there's a lot of doctors and states that are opening up safe haven laws, you know, like Colorado passed theirs a little bit ago. And you don't have to live there. You can just go there for your health care. It's tough in Missouri because of just how the demographic works and how conservative uh, the state legislative body is. I'm honestly, I'm working on getting out of here. And it's not just because of what was recently passed. What was recently passed, I feel like, is foreshadowing what's to come. It's going to get worse. They're going to get crazier. And I, I think that the judges are going to strike all their stuff down, but uh, I am not sure. So my eyes are at the door. Uh, I'm trying to get a little bit of a financial feed under my ground so I can afford this kind of thing. But it doesn't look like there's much there's much Missouri has going for it, except in the courts, Lambda Legal, ACLU, Promo. And the DOJ, I think, is going to get involved. I mean, they have in other places in the country on these anti-trans things. So it's going to be a court battle, and we might win them. On paper, we should, 
but th- these organizations are great if, if you want to get involved with them donate to them or whatever they're doing a lot of the hard work to fight for missourians rights for this kind of stuff and we'll win federally the republicans aren't going to take the presidency again anytime soon the president appoints the judges and as long as democrats are appointing the judges trans people will be safe So it's not like a total despair, but Missouri is in a dark place right now. And at the very least, if you're a trans person, start looking at a state near you that you can go to for health care, because most of them are not as endangered as Missouri is. My heart literally breaks because I hear you saying that, you know, this is going to force you to uproot. And I'm thinking of all the other trans brothers and sisters who I can't in good faith even recommend come to our state. That's a detriment to the show me state because we're losing folks and um, it hurts to see. It really does. Stacy, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you just for being you. You're loved. You're appreciated. Where can folks go to find you? They want to follow you on socials. Where can they go? On Twitter, TikTok. My name is Stacy K, S-T-A-C-Y-C-A-Y. On Twitter, it's Stacy K Slays. I'm a comedian and a model. I do shows. I have an open mic on Tuesdays at Woody's that I've been doing for a while. I'll be doing it for the foreseeable future, I guess. And I I run a show called Spend the Night. I don't have anything planned yet because I've been too busy with this anti-trans stuff. It's too difficult to promote a show in this kind of environment. But I do want to bring it back, probably turn it into a fundraiser. And I'll, I'll have it around here soon, maybe in about two months. But if you ever wanted to come to that, that would be great and hear trans artists and voices and things like that. And we're going to get you back on the show. Appreciate you, Stacey. We'll have you back on soon. All right, thanks. There's an outcast in everybody's life, and I am her. There's a shadow in everybody's front door, and I am her. And problems that I go through Sometimes I can't sleep at night If I hide my face Heaven will be and It wouldn't be the worst thing That I ever did It's a hell of a world That we're living in James 210 A sin is a sin Don't look at me Immediately And whisper behind my back Thinking I'm naive It's my southern Need for not believe There's an outcast in everybody's life And I am her
You're listening to the KC Morning Show.